Uh, we can begin by singing Psalm 87 in the Scottish Psalter. On Jerusalem's holy mountain he has founded his abode. More than all of Jacob's dwellings, Zion's gates are dear to God. We can sing the whole psalm. Sorry, I read the wrong one. Sorry, it's my fault. That's my, it's the old version, Psalm 87. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yes, yeah, the old version. Yeah. us understand your kingdom by giving us different pictures and the illustration of a city uh, reminds us of its organization 
plans about various features of a city and so on. And your church, well, it's the city of God, and you're the ruler of it, and your people are the inhabitants of it, and you're the one that arranges all that's needed by all the citizens, and that supply is uh, conveyed to them by the Holy Spirit, and it's flows from yourself and it's not merely an external provision but it's one that's internal and satisfies their hearts we thank you too Lord that <coughs> even as cities have registers uh, so your one does uh, your book and Surprising it may be for us to notice, but it's you yourself that records the names, uh, revealing to us your interest and your affection for each person that enters the city. We pray, Lord, that we would um, be very conscious of the great privilege there is of belonging. <coughs> Uh, to the city of God and that your city exists alongside the worldly city and that often we take steps in and out of each as it were but wherever we are we have to uh, represent the heavenly city and we ask you Lord that you give us grace to do that because that's what we'll be uh, doing tomorrow. And we thank you for the fact that meeting together on your day is the best preparation for whatever we'll be doing in the next few days. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for being where your name was praised and where your presence was known and where your spirit was at work and where your word was read and we just pray that all these means of grace uh, would be uh, working in our lives because they are living means that they, their benefit is never confined to the moment of when we first experience them and therefore we thank you Lord that uh, even as the psalmist said uh, your goodness and your mercy follow us uh, and therefore we pray that in the days ahead uh, the benefits of being here would be seen in our lives we ask you Lord to remember your cause everywhere throughout the world uh, we are conscious that um, in many places uh, persecution is, is a normal experience for your people and we pray that you would remember them all this time uh, we know that you do and we may be puzzled as to why we are asked to remind you but that just is an interest that you are creating within us uh, an affection for your people 
everywhere and while we don't know personally most of the people who have been persecuted even if we know any of them we thank you Lord that we can pray for them and we pray that you would help them today as they face their trials and we know that others are living in places where there's um, terrible things going on in everyday life in the middle of wars and famines and other natural disasters and uh, we're, we're very conscious whenever trouble comes um, the media tell us about all the uh, terrible things that are happening in these locations but sadly we often forget that among those experiencing the ordeals are your people and we pray that you would help them uh, to witness for you in those difficult and trying situations and we pray for your people in the Middle East that you would remember them and in Central Europe as well and other places where there are uh, wars taking place we pray that your people will shine as uh, lights in the world we thank you that you are the God of Providence and while there are many things in life that we don't understand it's good for us to acknowledge that you are the God who is at work and we pray that you would remember us personally as well whatever is going happening to us at present and that you would be just working for our good and uh, we thank you that uh, for all those who love God who are called according to your purpose that all things work together for good uh, it's not merely that at the end of the day they somehow or other um, come to a, a happy ending but all the way through at each stage in the process uh, they work together and that's far beyond us to understand but help us by faith to grasp the truth of that and to re rely upon your faithfulness Lord we pray that you would then be with us in our service uh, remember the congregation here and guide them in all that they do and help each one everyone connected to it that you would just bless them all in whatever way that's required so be with us Lord and bless us tonight and keep us we pray and pardon us for your own name's sake Amen We'll sing again this time from Psalm 107 and in the Scottish Psalter and we'll sing verses 1 to 9 Praise God for he is good for still his mercies lasting be Let God's redeemed say so whom he from the enemy's hand did free Verses 1 to 9.
Uh, we can read from the Gospel of Luke and chapter 19, and we can read verses 1 to 10. Uh, he, that's Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And may God bless that reading. Uh, we can now sing Psalm 130 from Sing Psalms. Lord, from the depths I call to you, Lord, hear me from on high, and give attention to my voice when I for mercy cry. Psalm 130. <coughs>
Well, we can turn back to the passage we read there in Luke chapter 19 about uh, Zacchaeus. Uh, those of us who were here last Sunday night, we thought about Bartimaeus in the previous verses at the end of chapter 18 and, and how um, he was received the benefit of a, an amazing miracle that Jesus performed on his uh, behalf. But now um, Jesus has moved on as it were and he has entered uh, <coughs> on his journey to Jerusalem. He's entered the new city of uh, Jericho. It's always important to bear in mind, especially when we're coming towards the end of the Gospels, uh, that Jesus is about to die. Um, the, the shadow of the cross, as it were, is hanging over uh, all the incidents that we read about there. The only one that actually um, knows he's going to die is Jesus. The disciples who are with him don't believe he's going to die. And every time that he speaks about it, they object to, to the prospect. But anyway, we have to bear that in mind as we think of um, the individuals that Jesus meets and the comments that Jesus makes. Because he makes, he makes them all as someone about to go to the cross. Now it would be reasonable um, to wonder if the crowd expected Jesus to do anything else in Jericho. Um, Bartimaeus, um, well, he had been helped in a very dramatic way, but would Jesus do anything else there? I mean, I assume this is just an assumption, but I assume most Jews who walked through Jericho uh, would walk through it as quick as possible. Because in the Old Testament, a curse was placed on Jericho. It was cursed when it was destroyed um, by um, Joshua, and it was a curse was put on the person that would rebuild it. And despite that, somebody did start to rebuild it, and the curse was fulfilled. Um, his, his son suffered as a result of him engaging in that uh, building project. So I suppose uh, Jericho was a, a place that some folk would be just get, get through it as soon as possible. And they might not have expected uh, Jesus to do anything uh, further in the city. And I suppose that raises a question for ourselves. Do we have any anticipation of Jesus working? And if we have an anticipation is it also one that we've marked out beforehand? 
that um, we say to ourselves in one way or another we know what Jesus is going to do next because if there is one thing that the Gospels highlight it is that no one knows what he's going to do next the following Jesus for the disciples was a life of constant surprise and, and even with the, the miracles that he did we could never say because he's done one he'll do it again and in a sense from one point of view initially there might appear to be no connection between the two miracles or the three miracles that happen in a sequence for example when um, Jesus um, told the disciples to go into the boat and travel to the other side would they have expected on that journey that he'd have, he would have to calm a storm and when they got to the other side uh, after such an arduous experience would they expect him just to uh, heal two demoniacs and then leave and take them back across the, the Sea of Galilee and then go to Jairus' house and so on the Jesus surely is uh, our basic response uh, to him must be we never know what he's going to do next and uh, the reality of that should create within us a sense of expectancy because his activities show to us that no one is beyond the reach of his grace and Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus well if there ever were two opposites there they are but Jesus had his own plans and he was going to fulfill them just want to go through the passage verse by verse as it were and see what uh, it tells us but First, then, we can ask, who was Zacchaeus? Well, as we're told, he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He had climbed to the top, as it were. He was um, despised. We can see that from the response that people had when Jesus went to his house and they said he has gone to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. So Zacchaeus uh, wasn't popular even though he was well known. There's a verse in the, the Old Testament that where God sort of describes his um, plans and I don't know if you ever thought of this verse and what it says about arithmetic but it is quite intriguing he says I will take you uh, one from a city and two from a family 
and I will bring you to Zion and we may ask ourselves how can he, God manage only to take one from a city and yet two from a family and bring them to Zion and I, I suppose the, as we um, think about these that verse in light of Zacchaeus how many would um, come from the city of Jericho and if one comes from the city <coughs> how many will come from the family of Zacchaeus because God has kind of indicated his method hasn't he one from a city and two from a family and as we look at this story how many from Jericho are going to be converted as Jesus is passing through and we know the end result that a man from the city was taken as it were at Zacchaeus and as we can see from uh, the verse 9 it also brought blessing to his family um, today salvation has come uh, to his house Zacchaeus is um, presented by Luke as a man to note because any time the word behold comes we're meant to stop isn't it the word behold is a is a word that makes us stop and consider and wait for something to happen and there in, in verse 2 Luke says Jesus is passing through Jericho and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus something's going to happen to Zacchaeus imagine reading this for the first time part of our problem is that we're so familiar with things but imagine reading this for the first time behold there was a man named Zacchaeus surely it creates within us a sense well something's going to happen uh, to this individual and it's going to happen to him despite who he is despite his worldly success he's a chief tax collector and rich and also despite what people think of him his um, status in society is not going to hinder what's going to happen to him through Jesus and the animosity that people have for him is not going to hinder Jesus doing something for him either so we're we're, we're to behold it and we're to as it were as Luke unfolds the story uh, we are uh, to well just look at it and see what we can learn from it and the first thing uh, that Luke highlights there in verses 3 and 4 is uh, Zacchaeus' curiosity and curiosity is often a means that God has used to, to bring people to think about him and Zacchaeus has clearly heard about um, Jesus and he wants 
to have a close look at him but as we as the way Luke tells the story there's two problems and I think the two problems he highlights are very important um, one is caused by Zacchaeus' own deficiencies if that's the right word to use and the other is caused by others the problem he has with personally is his height he's a small person and he he can't see over the heads and shoulders of others and uh, the problem that others have is that they're too tall and they prevent Zacchaeus seeing Jesus but these two features of something in ourselves and something in others well they often prevent us seeing Jesus don't they there may be our own interests whoever they are they prevent us seeing him and there may be what other people are doing and that prevents us seeing him and and uh, I, think, I think Luke is um, just highlighting this and these are the kinds of issues that we should anticipate people having when Jesus is in coming into the frame now there's going to be something in themselves and there's going to be something in others that's actually going to hinder them seeing Jesus and the reality of the two problems that Zacchaeus had is that neither he or anybody else could do anything about them there was no way that he himself could become taller and there was no way that all the others could somehow become smaller these difficulties were just there and it may seem a trivial problem but how is Zacchaeus going to see Jesus and we may think that about people how are they going to see Jesus and um, the difficulty may seem insurmountable who can say but there there's Zacchaeus and he's got this problem but I suppose he could have said to himself well providence is preventing me seeing Jesus he could have said that couldn't he he says that's just life I want to see Jesus he's passing through Jericho today and yet all these circumstances are preventing me seeing him and he, he could have done that and just gone home but um, he didn't his curiosity was uh, very determined and of course that's a feature of real curiosity isn't it that you're determined to get to see whatever you're wanting to get and Zacchaeus was obviously uh, familiar with the layout of the city and he knew there was a tree that he could go to and of course I don't know about you but the fact that he ran to the tree and climbed it indicates he was quite young doesn't it it might just be my imagination but uh, from memory every time I read about a children's book about Zacchaeus 
he almost seems to be old but the, the fact that he ran and climbed up the tree might point to otherwise mightn't it and a sycamore tree uh, we don't know how tall this one was a sycamore tree could be a hundred feet tall so it's it's not a, an easy climb for him that he's going to engage in but not only but a sycamore tree was not only quite tall it also had plenty of foliage it would be easy for someone to hide there and at the same time uh, satisfy their curiosity because Zacchaeus did not want Jesus to know from his perspective that Zacchaeus was looking at him and he didn't want the crowd to know either so he thought he had the, the perfect answer to his search to his curiosity you know and people do that don't they the, they try to search for Jesus in secret I mean, have, have you done that? Just try to search for him in secret without anybody knowing about it. And I mean, I can recall doing that before I was converted. There was just something inside me that wanted to know more about him. So I read books about him and things like that and behind all that was well nobody knows that I'm doing this but the reality is of course that God knew and if you're trying to find out about Jesus even from the level of curiosity he sees you nobody else might but he's aware of it and Zacchaeus thought he had found the perfect place to view Jesus and he climbed up the tree and then we can see in verses 5 to 6 that Jesus gives them a challenge doesn't he there's Zacchaeus up his tree and Jesus uh, comes along and much to Zacchaeus's surprise stops right below him and Zacchaeus couldn't get a better view of Jesus could he there, there, there is Jesus right below Zacchaeus And Zacchaeus sees that Jesus is about to speak. And he has heard a lot about Zacchaeus, about Jesus' uh, messages. They have um, caused the intrigue he's got, his messages and his miracles. And he wants, he wants he's, that's what he's wanting to know about, isn't he? So here he is, and he's got the best seat in the, as it were. And Jesus is about to speak. 
and the crowds are standing around I wonder what Zacchaeus thought when he heard the first word that Jesus said what was the first word that Jesus said well it was the word Zacchaeus he looks up into the branches where Zacchaeus thinks he's hidden and just speaks to him Zacchaeus and he speaks to him in such a way he speaks to him issuing a command Zacchaeus hurry and come down for I must stay I must stay at your house today now if there was one man in Zacchaeus in Jericho who knew how to speak with authority it was Zacchaeus I mean we can imagine him sitting at his desk and along comes so and so and Zacchaeus says to him how much you've got to pay and the man person may say amount and Zacchaeus says okay pay it he knows what it is to speak with authority and for all we know this may have been the first time somebody spoke with authority to Zacchaeus but the reality is that he recognized the voice of authority and if anybody else in Jericho had said to Zacchaeus come down from that tree he would have said to them wouldn't he who do you think you are are you forgetting who I am no one tells Zacchaeus what to do but here's Jesus and he just says to him Zacchaeus come down he doesn't just say to him come down but he says to Zacchaeus come down and walk with me to your house Zacchaeus who wanted a kind of private um, discovery of Jesus now discovered that Jesus was going to give him a public discovery of who he was and that everybody is going to see them walking together I suppose in a certain sense that's a, he was giving, Jesus was giving to Zacchaeus a picture of the Christian life because what is the Christian life well is it not obeying him and then walking with him in public and then speaking with him in private and Zacchaeus in a minute discovers exactly what Jesus wants the the man who is a great speaker Jesus 
who can hold crowds enthralled by his words. Zacchaeus discovers that he's got the ability to say in a two couple of sentences something that will change his entire life. And he says to him, Zacchaeus, I want to walk with you through Jericho. And I want everybody to see you and me walking through Jericho. I don't want you to be up a tree hiding and trying to find out about me in that particular way. Instead I want you and I to be together. It's also simple. And yet it's so spontaneous. And so satisfying, isn't it? I mean, how many people would walk through Jericho with Zacchaeus? When it comes down to it. Who would want to be seen with him? Jesus. And Zacchaeus. Well, he had never been spoken before like this. <coughs> it was something totally surprising. He had seen something of the heart of Jesus, hadn't he? And we're told there in, in verse 6 that instead of trying to explain why he's up the tree, we're just told that he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. He discovered something that's very important, of course. The sooner someone steps away from being a secret disciple into becoming a public disciple, the happier he'll be. Zacchaeus there's no indication he climbed a tree in a happy mood. He might have gone up it with some kind of um, disgruntlement that having to do this because all the crowds were stopping him seeing Jesus. But now that Jesus has spoken to him and said to him, Zacchaeus, of all the people in Jericho, you are the one I want to walk along the street with. Well, that caused something in Zacchaeus' heart. And he was just filled with joy. And Jesus comes to us with the promise of his company. even if all we have in our hearts is curiosity who are you Jesus what can you give to me Jesus or what did Jesus give to Zacchaeus 
he gave him his time he gave him his full attention he gave him his company and later on he's going to give him great promises I don't know if you're seeking for Jesus I don't know what you expect to get from Jesus I know what Jesus can give you He can give you what he gave to Zacchaeus His friendship His assurance His company So Zacchaeus comes down And right away there's criticism He has gone to be guest of a man who is a sinner The complaint of course is not about Zacchaeus The complaint is about Jesus They don't understand him I mean Here is Jesus from their point of view And he's on his way up to Jerusalem to keep the Passover And from their point of view one should be taking as, paying as much attention as possible to ensure that he would not be defiled but what does Jesus do? well he goes and indicates he's willing to go to the house of the most despised person in Jericho and therefore they find fault with him You know, and usually when someone criticizes Jesus, there's truth in what they say. And there's real truth in this statement. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. The Gospels tell us that Jesus went to many houses. He went to the house of Simon Peter when his mother-in-law wasn't well. He went to the house of Jairus when his daughter needed to be raised from the dead. He went to the house of Mary and Martha. He went to the house of Simon the leper. Even after his resurrection he went to the house of the two and the way to him who lived in Emmaus. And all these people were very different But there was one thing that marked them all They were all sinners The only Every house that Jesus ever went to There was the house of a sinner And he hears this Criticism coming up about him He's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner But it's true it was impossible for Jesus to avoid sinners everyone was a sinner so whether they belonged to him or whether they were opposed to him whether they were being kind to him or whether they were testing him whenever he went to their house he went to the house of a sinner there's nothing new about that that they criticized him for doing that here but it is interesting how often criticism says something that's true about him 
<coughs> but anyway, criticism is inevitable. When someone starts walking with Jesus, they don't get rounds of applause. And neither did Zacchaeus. Here's Zacchaeus on the road to recovery. And no one is a, no one is pleased, as it were, in Jericho. And that leads, as we can see in verse eight, to his confession. And Zacchaeus stands there. Suppose I assume it's in his house, but maybe not. Somewhere he says to to Jesus. The half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. We may wonder why he says this, but surely the point that Luke has in recording this is that the change happens immediately. And in Zacchaeus's case, the the sin that dominated him and it's not a sin for everybody to have this but it was a sin for Zacchaeus the sin that dominated him was self-accumulation he was in everything what he wanted was just what he could get he was accumulating as much as he could and instantaneously it's incredible isn't it there in verse 8 half of my goods I give to the poor of course Zacchaeus may have had so much that giving half didn't actually mean very much but whatever it was he had half of it he was going to give to the poor and he, the, the way it's phrased is he's going to give to the poor right now the grace that opened his heart made him a changed man and the change happened immediately because the gospel comes with power doesn't it and just transforms them the most selfish man in Jericho has become the most generous man and He's not boasting when he says this. But he's, he's indicating the radicalness of the change that he's had. If somebody had said to Zacchaeus that morning that later that day he would make this statement, he wouldn't have believed them. But grace turned him round. And he also, he doesn't only deal with the, with the poor. <coughs> But he also deals with his own possible sins in the past. And he says, if I have deprived anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. I mean, the likelihood is that he had defrauded numerous people in the past. Because that's what the tax men were used for, were, were famous for. But he, he's the law of Israel required that he give 20% if he restored somebody. 
Zacchaeus here gives four times the amount my arithmetic's not great but I worked out if he owed a pound the law said give 120 but Zacchaeus gave four pound what if it's a hundred pound the law said give 120 but Zacchaeus said I'll give 400 <coughs> what a change in this, man, in this man a vow of love I mean I suppose he he knew that all the residents of Jericho could remember each time he had defrauded them but now he's making this commitment what a marvellous change in his life and that's what the gospel does isn't it it changes sinners and Jesus has got comfort for him today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost Jesus here is um, indicating where he's taken Zacchaeus from he's lost Loss is a terrible word, isn't it? When we um, think about the word lost, we could say lost to whom? Or we might say lost where? Or we could say lost how? Lost to whom? I mean, who are we lost to? Well, surely the answer is God. We're lost to God. We're outside His kingdom. We're away from Him by our sins. Lost where? I mean, where are we lost? Well, we're lost in a very dangerous place. We're lost in the, in the country that's defined by separation from God. And we're lost in the country that's defined as being under the judgment of God. And how are we lost? We're lost because we willfully stay there. It's as easy to get out of the place of the lost. It's as easy for us as it was for Zacchaeus. But Jesus, he has come to seek and to save the lost. 
And remember, he knows where he's going. He knows where he's going to be in a few days' time. He knows that with seven or eight days' time, he's going to be hanging on a cross. For him coming to seek and to save the lost didn't just mean that he went to Jericho and had a walk through the city with Zacchaeus. For him to seek and to save the lost meant he had to go to Calvary. And all the sins that Zacchaeus was uh, concerned about that he wanted to make reparation for. Jesus was actually going to make the real reparation. That when he suffered on the cross, he was seeking and saving the lost. And when Jesus was doing that, nobody could walk with him in that process Zacchaeus obviously happened before the cross although it's the same benefits that happen to those of us who live after the cross Jesus could be Zacchaeus' friend because he was going to go to the cross for Zacchaeus And Jesus can be our friend because he's been to the cross. But there at Calvary, he dealt with the issues that make us lost. He went there into the darkness where God was punishing him for the sins of his people and he went there in order to be a saviour and as we think about Zacchaeus and we'll close with this but as we, as we think about Zacchaeus we say don't we wasn't Jesus good to him and that he brought this marvellous transformation into his life that the message Jesus had for him is that he could be saved salvation can come to your house Zacchaeus but the message as for us is the same isn't it he's saying to each of us here is he not Salvation can be yours. You might be like Zacchaeus, worldly minded, focused on your own ambitions, determined to do your own thing. Or you might be like lots of other different people. But Jesus just says to us, whoever we are, 
I can do for you what I did for Zacchaeus and it's not any more difficult for me to do it for you than it was for me to do it for Zacchaeus and he's challenging us isn't he Zacchaeus had his moment seems a very brief moment up a tree and Jesus just stopped and said to him come down and walk with me and Jesus says that to us we may have had moments before (coughs) but we've got a moment now and the question that comes to us is how are we going to respond to Jesus now the Jesus who has come to us seeking and saving the lost it's good for us that we do what Zacchaeus did receive him joyfully shall we pray Lord we pray that this story from long ago would open our minds to the wonder of your embrace of sinners that Zacchaeus who seemed so far from the kingdom was actually very close to it because you had drawn near to him and we thank you Lord that you can draw near to us and whatever we, whatever we are in life whatever may be our hopes, ambitions our intentions help us to see that there's something more important Zacchaeus saw it and help us to see it as well and that we would receive you joyfully and then discover as Zacchaeus discovered that ahead of him and ahead of us could be a life of soul satisfaction with you the living Saviour Lord help us to trust in Christ for your own name's sake Amen we can sing from Psalm 119 in the Scottish Psalter and we'll sing verses 57 to 60 Thou my sure portion art alone which I did choose O Lord I have resolved and said that I would keep thy holy word we'll sing these verses
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of